Emily Von Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. Cordelli this hour and all his knowledge. The angelic tones of Ole Miss EV hour two. No Kevin. Kevin is off this week. No Kevin Hagan talking Alabama today. He'll be back next week. And Brad Powers, all the gambling in hour three. Call text option line is as follows. 615-844-5600. On Twitter at Bill is King. And you can email the show anytime. Bill is King 7 at gmail.com. Pete Cordelli with us on Fridays. He's back from the lovely, majestic Cayman Islands. Welcome in, Coach. Thank you, Bill. Um, I hope you got that picture of uh, Cayman Cocky walking around searching for Shane Beamer. He. Uh... <laughs> Man, oh, man, what a trip, though. We had a great time. Yeah, I wanted you to kidnap that rooster, bring him home. I'm, I'm an animal lover. I'd have taken care of him. I'd have put him oh, out here, man. Let me say this to you now. I would have needed uh, uh, an extremely large extra suitcase to get him in. Big boy, huh? Big boy. <laughs> he was big. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> Already have a question for Coach Pete. It is from Brian in Statesboro, Georgia. Wants to know. Of the places you have lived that involve coaching, right? A coaching move wherever you've lived. What was your favorite city? Your favorite place to live while coaching football? My favorite city was Minneapolis when we were at the University of Minnesota. Wow! Uh, I compared that to like a mini uh, a mini Dallas. When I worked for the Cowboys, uh, we, you, there was no such thing as Valley Ranch. We were out on Greenville Avenue. Um, I love Dallas, but, um, again, uh, my wife and I really liked Minneapolis. Uh, just there were so many things to do. And um, <laughs> we didn't have much time to do it, but when we did, you know, it, it was fun. Um, South Bend was, was small, very small. Uh, Fayetteville was was really small uh so but yeah i i we really liked minneapolis a lot now 
being from the South, I'm warped, right? I don't understand cold climates like that. Was that not really a problem for you guys? Yeah, it was. Uh, but thank goodness we were playing in the Metrodome at the time, you know? True. And, uh, it, it, Bill, I, I got to tell you, one of the loudest uh, arenas, stadiums ever. And we would play home on Saturday night, and then the Vikings played on Sunday. And I tell you, we had our own – there was a college crowd, and then there was an NFL crowd without – Without question, um, it was a great venue to play in. And also, the Twins were playing in there. So all three teams had their own locker room. But uh, we were fortunate. The first spring we were there, we did not have an indoor facility. We had to go over and use the bubble at the Vikings uh, facility because we got 18 inches of snow on Easter Sunday, and we were coming back to start spring practice. But uh, it, it, it was cold. But uh, fortunately, Coach Holtz got some things done and got the indoor facility, practice facility built. But we were playing in the Metrodome, which was great. Now, you guys were only at Minnesota for a couple of years, correct? Two years, yeah, 84 and 85. And then uh, went to South Bend in 86, yes. Did you guys know that he was negotiating with Notre Dame beforehand? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Paul Gill was the athletic director at Minnesota. Paul Gill was a, a famous Norder, uh, excuse me, Minnesota player, came back as their AD. And Mr. Gill offered him uh, to become both AD and coach at Minnesota if he stayed. And Lou turned it down. So, uh, yeah, we... We had an inkling it was going on, yes. What's that like when you go home and you have to tell the wife? Um, very tense. <laughs> <laughs> very tense. Similar to what I'm sure is going on at Georgia State right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and look, I know it's for family issues and all that, but golly, they'd already had one day of spring practice in, but... um. Yeah, we, um, Bill, we, <laughs> we had a staff meeting uh, the day after Notre Dame got blown out by Miami when everybody accused Jimmy Johnson of running the score up on Jerry Faust. And the staff meeting was at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And so we go in and... Lou starts, he said, look, he said, I've been offered the Notre Dame job. I don't know if I'm going to take it. And he said, I want to go around the room. And he said, I'm probably going to take it, but I want to know if you guys want me, what you think about, should I go to Notre Dame and not coach in the bowl game? We were going to the Independence Bowl to play against Clemson, Danny Ford. Right. Or should I stay, coach the team here? And then go to Notre Dame. So he starts around the room. And, you know, it's one guy, well, you know, we think you should stay. Next guy, I think you should go. And he said, there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just trying to get a feel as to what to do. Well, unbeknownst to anybody in the room, he had told Sid Hartman, the longtime sports columnist, columnist of the Minneapolis Star Tribune at 3 o'clock, 
he was taking the Notre Dame job and he was leaving. We did not know that. So <clears throat> he goes around the room and it's about it's fifty fifty. Um, when he came to me, so what do you? Th- I said, Coach, you know, you came here and you told these guys we we're going to be in a bowl game by our second year. I think Notre Dame can wait another two weeks. All right. Well, then he gets the John Gutekunst, the guy who's our defensive coordinator, whose son Brian is now the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> he said he looks at, at Goody and he said, hold on, before you talk, he said, you went to Duke, right? Goody said, yeah. He said, what was your de- degree in again? He said, theology. He said, I can't get your answer because you used too much reason and logic to come to this decision. He goes, next. <laughs> wow. So – he gets done. And, you know, he had his briefcase on the edge of the table. It was on a long table. Get to the last guy. He turns. He flips the briefcase and goes, I can't believe how many of you in this room don't want me to coach in this damn bowl game. I mean, he has a total Lou meltdown. All right? Which – came quite often but yeah and he goes and there's a door into his office right to his right he goes he goes none of you will be in south bend with me good luck finding a job and he goes in and locks the door we have no idea what we're doing so one of the guys gets up and starts banging hey you got it wait a minute (laughs) He didn't come out of his office. So, John uh, Goody was the assistant head coach. Well, he said, look, let's let's just come back in here and meet, get ready for Clemson and bowl practice tomorrow. We'll figure something out. Well, my dad was a high school coach in Pennsylvania. Uh, And there's a guy by the name of Greg Williams who's coaching at Maryland for Bobby Ross. So my dad goes to school the next day, and Greg shows up in his office. My dad calls me and goes, hey, what's going on with your job? I said, Dad, I don't know. I had called my father on the way home, told him what happened. He said, well, Greg seems to think that Bobby Ross is in Minneapolis interviewing for the job. So Ricky Foggy's our quarterback. Larry Beckish was our coordinator. I went into Larry's office. I said, have you talked to Fogg? And he goes, no. He said, but something crazy's going on. They took him downtown to the Hilton to meet with somebody. I said, well, it's Bobby Ross from Maryland. He goes, how do you know? I said, I'm just telling you, I think it's Bobby Ross. Foggy comes back. They had taken, the administration had taken five players down and met with Bobby Ross. We didn't know it. Bobby Ross goes back on Tuesday. He calls his whole staff in off the road. He wants to take the Minnesota job. Well, everybody but one guy on that Maryland staff said, we're not going. So Ross turns it down. And long story short, they wanted to talk to some other guys. Well, the players figure out what's going on and – they kind of, not kind of, they in mass 
go over to the vice president for athletics office and said, we want John Gutekunst to be the head coach. So Thursday morning, or Thursday afternoon, excuse me, of that week, they announced that John's going to get the job. But we had been practicing, you know, Monday afternoon all the way on. Well, in the meantime, Lou, he, he calls Goody after he gets the job, and he said, I want you to interview anybody to see if they want to come to South Bend. And Goody's like, what are you talking about? He said, well, I know the way I left it. Uh, We'll see what happens. Now, John Gutekunst tried to recruit me out of high school for Duke when he was there. We've known each other forever. His dad was an assistant coach at Penridge High School in, in Pennsylvania, not far from my dad. So John and I have go, go back a long way. So Goody said, here's the deal. You have a, you have a job here. What do you want to do? I said, I want to go to Notre Dame. He said, okay. He said, Lou's going to take you because you said you want to go to Notre Dame. He was testing all of it. Wow. So Vinny Serrato, George Stewart, and myself were the only three that went to Notre Dame. Boy, Benny's a name I haven't heard in a while. He used to do a show out of D.C. So, anyways, we'll yeah, take the break. More, yeah. more Coach Pete as we continue. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Traffic's on the increase already coming out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro on 24 westbound up to the Hickory Hollow area. Watch for a little bit of radar this morning in parts of Wilson County, especially the Mount Juliet area on I-40 east and westbound. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all their locations. Order online this weekend at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Bob's Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern prime beef. The menu formula is simple. Incredible meat, gigantic shrimp, fabulous salads, and decadent desserts. Start your experience at Bob's with the fried calamari or fresh scallops seared in Texas burnt honey. All the beef at Bob's Steak and Chop House are USDA prime cuts from the traditional fillet 
filet of tenderloin and ribeye to the adventurous Kansas City bone-in strip. They even have two different surf and turf options. And if you're looking for the other white meat, Bob Steak and Chop House serves a dry-aged pork tomahawk with homemade applesauce. Fresh seafood is on the menu from salmon to scampi and even fresh lobster tail. For reservations, give them a call or log on to the Omni Nashville Hotel website. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. It's a Bill King show. Brad, when that news hit, how did you respond? What were your thoughts? I'm always thinking betting first, but from a historical aspect, you know, there used to be debate as far as who the greatest is. It Bear Bryant is it Nick Saban. To me, it's Nick Saban, and I'm not a guy that lives in the moment. I just think Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. gives you a wide latitude on topics because Bill King isn't afraid of your telephonic interaction. With us, Allen in Tampa has a question, Coach. Wants to know about Florida. Now, Allen's a Florida State fan, but wants to know about Florida losing offensive line coach Darnell Stapleton to Washington offensive line coach and then I'll add an addendum to that Scott Cochran at Georgia has uh either stepped aside or been relieved I'm not sure how they're wording that and there's speculation there if you know what I mean yeah I uh that's gonna hurt Billy at Florida um you know he's had so much turnover uh, strength coach left at Florida and went to Boston College with Bill O'Brien, was with Bill at Penn State. So not only did he lose his old line coach recently, he lost his strength coach, which you know, I mean, those guys are invaluable, man. And so when you're having to redo your staff this late, uh, which other other things are going to happen? Because some guys are still going to the NFL. But for Florida, uh, Billy's in a in a tough situation. Napier's in a tough situation down there. Uh, Cochran, I, I think that you know he stepped away from coaching. He had some personal issues, right? And so I, I think it was a mutual parting. Uh, Daryl Dickey was also, I guess, relieved of his duties at Georgia as an offensive analyst. Uh, so this is the time of year that a lot of changes will occur, but. I think that this late in the game to replace those guys at Florida is going to be tough for Billy Napier. Craig in North Augusta, South Carolina, does Coach Pete think the additions of James Coley and then the new news the other day about Sean Elliott to South Carolina helps? 
Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, Sean Elliott, you know, when he took the Georgia State job, he has a, a son and a daughter, and his wife stayed back in Columbia so they could finish high school. And um, so he was commuting. You know, he, he was apart from his family, which sometimes happens in coaching. And so this was an opportunity to go back and uh, and help out. But he will definitely help Dowell Loggins, who's the offensive coordinator. He'll help with the run game and uh, and getting that offensive line going. Plus, Sean Elliott is is an excellent recruiter. So, uh, big addition for Shane Beamer. Scott in Savannah, Georgia. Question for Coach Pete. Will expanding the playoffs to 12 or more, and they're discussing already 16, Pete, he wants to know, would this reduce opt-outs? He says, bowls are now unwatchable because of this trend. He goes, in my opinion, the bowls are dead as we're used to them. Oh, I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, it's um, the opt-outs are creating a lot of issues, and part of it is because of NIL and paying those kids up front. But now expanding to 12, I don't think you're going to see many opt-outs from the 12 teams that make the playoffs. The opt-outs are still going to be there. Yeah. Uh, I For the other bowl games, which is unfortunate because uh, – you know, USC was going to a bowl game, but Caleb Williams didn't have, you know, didn't want to play. He could possibly be the first pick in the draft. And so for USC going to the bowl game and the people in that region having the opportunity to see those guys, you know, or Caleb Williams or a high-profile guy, they may never get a chance to see that player play in person again. It's kind of like the NBA and load management, and you know, fans and in visiting cities want to go see the star players and then all of a sudden the guy's sitting out and you're going, why did I pay all this money for this ticket when Superstar X isn't playing? So I think there's a lot of things that have to change and one of them is not give these kids all their money up front in the NIL deal. I think you have to do it more like the NFL does. They get a game check for 17 weeks. Uh, to get paid, and I think you pay them maybe a early signing bonus, but then the bulk of the money is paid over the twelve game schedule, and then to get uh, twelve game season, and then to get to the thirteenth or fourteenth game to get your money, you have to show up for your team in the bowl game or the postseason. Coach, along those lines, conversation we were having yesterday. They're already discussing expansion to 16. We haven't even gone to 12 yet. Now we're doing it with this next season. And I think probably in a couple of years it will be 16. Whether it's 12 or eventually 16, Coach, will there be situations that we're not used to in college football which would require the head coach who knows his team is in good position for the playoffs resting players late in the regular season or coach maybe even in a league championship game i think the league championship game you want to win the championship to to uh get a bye well preserve your seeding one through five right right i i don't see it for a league championship game but if you're one let's just go with the 12 model right now because sure. we have that 
I think teams 5 through 12, if they can't change their positioning, we're going to see it like the last week of the NFL playoffs with teams that are uh, the NFL regular season before they make the playoffs and who they sit. Right. Yeah, that, that could be an issue. But when it comes to winning a conference championship and playing for the bye, I don't think you'll see anybody sit those guys right now. Um, Bill, the talk of 16 is way premature because we read this week about the billions of dollars. It's going to be a $1.3 billion payout for the next six years. The total package for the next six years is $7.8 billion. Right. This committee still has to figure out how to disperse these funds. <laughs> well, so, hey, forget hey. about going to 16 because, number one, ESPN and those folks, they, they have any, they've probably thought about it down the road, how they're going to create more money. But let's just get through the first two, three years of the 12 team before we even start about expanding to 16. But I am sure in these conversations about further expansion, don't you have your TV partner, and in this case it's exclusive ESPN. I thought it would be multiple networks, frankly, but it's, again, once again, exclusive ESPN owns the whole thing. they're just as important in this conversation as anybody else. Are they not? They've got the money. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're backed by Disney and and you have the the ability with ABC, look, half of the bowl games right now in the country are owned by ESPN events. Right. So they're the number one player in college football because you have NBC, CBS, Fox with the NFL. You know, they're making their money on the NFL. You know, and so ABC and and, and ESPN, owned by Disney, are making their money off of college football. And so there's no doubt there's a – or there should be a future expansion plan if if you're still trying to grow your product and your brand, which I believe they are. But for all these crazy things that are going on off the field, Bill, can you remember a better year in college football than what we saw this past year? It was fun, man. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Totally entertaining. No, The product on the field getting better, man. <laughs> it is. Coach got a bunch of questions. This one is off the text line. It's Craig and Myrtle Beach, who is very good friend. He is a golf course designer. He's a big Buckeye fan, but his job is he's a golf course designer, and he wants to know, being a Buckeye fan, if you have any Woody Hay stories. Now, you've told a few, Pete. Give him uh, any of them, but give him cliff notes because i got a bunch of questions to get to. Yeah, the John Brockington deal where he broke Brockington's ribs uh, in the Iowa game before they played Michigan with that ring because Brockington fumbled twice. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, Woody Hayes, before they go out and play Southern Cal, George Chop and Lou Holtz are in their office, and uh, <clears throat> Woody Hayes comes in, and they had beaten Michigan. He said, look, he said, you guys got a week to develop a game plan how to stop O.J. Simpson. 
So he comes back the next week, and they go in and they draw it on the board. This of is how funny. they're going to, you know, do stop OJ. And Woody gets mad and throws a can of film at him. He says, "That's the best you can come up with." And so he walks out. He storms out, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." Anyway, if you remember, Bill, like the second or third play of the game, Southern Cal runs student body left. OJ goes eighty. But Ohio State comes back, ties it up before the at halftime. So George and Lou are walking down from the press or coming down from the press box, and they're walking in. And Lou says, "The next thing he knows, he walks in, and Woody grabs him by the throat and throws him against the wall. And he says to him, "Why? Why?" And and Lou is like, "What?" And Woody said, "Why did OJ go 80?" And Lou says, that's all he needed. If the ball would have been on Teddy, he would have went 90. That's <laughs> Oh, man. That actually, that actually happened. Chump, Chump is the one that told me that story. He said, yeah, Lou didn't know what to say other than, well, that's all he needed. If the ball would have been on Teddy, he would have went 90. Georgia dog on the Emerald Coast. Ask Coach Pete, when an offensive coordinator puts in a play or a series of plays, does he also put in the blocking schemes, the wide receiver routes, and the running back duties, or does he have the position coaches do that? No, he puts in all he puts in all 11 guys. And then he explains it to the coaches who explain it to their players. But most of the time, coordinators will, will present the play in front of the whole offensive unit, and he'll address – exactly which guy needs to do what. He puts in the whole plan. Peter in Syracuse, New York. That Coach Holt story from Coach Pete was radio gold. When Coach Pete was in high school in Pennsylvania, did he ever consider going to the Cuse for college instead of going down to Dixie and playing at NC State? I didn't. Uh, Ben Schwartzwalder was the coach at Syracuse. Uh, Paterno was was at uh, Penn State. But, no, uh, Coach Holtz recruited me out of high school. Uh, Goody was at Duke, like I said. Uh, I originally wanted to go to Florida State. My dad wouldn't sign the scholarship because Florida State was going on probation back then with um, Larry Jones. Do you remember Larry Jones from Tennessee, Bill? I do not. I I know the name, but I don't know him. Yeah. Yeah, he took the job at, at Florida State, and um, they had a really good program. Now, the one thing my dad had is all these college coaches were coming through, so he was getting extra information. He found out that Florida State was going to go on probation, and I was like, no, no, no. You know, right. again, my dad was proven right. But, no, I did not consider Syracuse, um, and I turned down Penn State. Brent in Macon, Georgia. How the hell does Coach Pete remember all this? He says, I can't remember what happened yesterday half the time. It's called a lot of free time, brother. <laughs> well, but, Coach, it's, it's, it's good, happy memories, though. You remember that stuff, right? Oh, it, yeah. I mean, look, I've been blessed. You know, between my dad being a high school coach and growing up around football, I mean, it's been my life. And... Uh, and, and still being able to help out at some local high schools. I mean, these guys keep you young, but I, I have been blessed to live the life that I have with my wife, my daughters, and, and what football has provided for us as a family has been tremendous. 
Tom and Myrtle Beach. If Michigan and Ohio State are already set to meet in the Big Ten Championship game, they'll probably sit players in the game. That is why there is talk of moving the game to the first game of the season. That game will never get moved away from the end, would it? The regular season? No. no. Big Ten will do that. Not, and guess what? That's blasphemy. It's not, the, it's not up to the Big Ten. It'll be up to TV. Yeah, that's blasphemy right there. I, uh-uh. No, no, yeah. no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there are people make. You know, in one of your promos, you say one of the things we don't do is have weddings on college during college football season. Right. Well, look, Michigan, Ohio State, that's been circled for 10, 20 years in some families. That's not changing. Jim in Jupiter, Florida, I love the fact that Coach Pete wanted to go to Florida State. Yeah, he's a big Noel. We got a bunch of Noel fans here, so that's funny. <laughs> did you Did you go on an official visit down there and all the – I did the whole weekend. And you know who thing? my host? You know who my host was? Give the me one a... and only Mac Brown. Oh wow! Yeah, Mac. Yeah. P- people forget Mac is from Cookville. He and Watson. Mac actually started at Vanderbilt and then transferred yeah. down there. Yeah, where Watson was. Yeah, Mac was my host, and uh, man, they had a they had a great setup in Florida State. They were throwing the football. That's what I did. Not. They had a guy by the name of Gary Huff who ended up playing for the Chicago Bears, and uh, they had won the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was an exciting time. I, Mac I loved it in Tallahassee. Wow, Mac Brown. Okay, we'll get to break. More coaches. We continue. Good morning. It's really starting to get busy now on 24 Westbound. Up through the Hickory Hollow area, you got all that traffic flow coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, headed towards Nashville. It's on the increase also in Franklin, Brentwood, on 65 North through that section of Williamson County. I see some volume developing now, right on schedule actually, on 24 East at White's Creek Pike, coming through the Jolton area. Be careful up through there. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken has you covered with catering. You can check out more information online at princeshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Attention business owners. WNSR has some exciting opportunities for your business to thrive in the dynamic world of sports radio advertising. As the proud home of some of your favorite sports teams like the Atlanta Braves, Memphis Grizzlies, and more, we understand the power of sports in bringing people together and creating a passionate community. 
We believe that your business can become an integral part of this experience, reaching a diverse and engaged audience. Contact the WNSR sales team for an opportunity to discuss how Nashville's sports radio can elevate your brand to new heights. Whether you're interested in a specific sponsorship package or would like a customized solution, we are here to meet your advertising needs. Call 615-844-1039, 615-844-1039, or email saleswnsr at gmail.com. That's saleswnsr at gmail.com. <clears throat> oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Game from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. All throughout their coaches, whether it's Exotic Smash, Smouth, whoever you want to plug in here, down to the coordinators, was run the ball and stop the run. That's what the Titans have been about. The new head coach said something very, very different. DJ Damon, one more time. The, the teams that, that win the most games are generally the teams that pass the ball the best. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Get into the Bill King Show, 615-844-5600. He doesn't charge by the minute. Hour one. Shannon in South Bend, Indiana. Bill, ask Coach Pete how good of a player was Andy Heck at Notre Dame and how Better of a coach has he become in the NFL with the Chiefs? Man, I'm glad I'm glad for that question. Thank you so much. I want to congratulate Andy Heck, uh, the offensive line coach for the Chiefs, on another great Super Bowl win. Uh, Andy's son, Charlie, plays for the Texans. When we got to Notre Dame in 1986, Andy was a tight end. Um, and we went through spring practice, and then we when spring was over, first time to evaluate our players, Coach Holtz said, you know, we need we need a guy who can run a little bit better <laughs> than what Andy can. But Andy was a high school All-American lacrosse player coming out of Virginia as well. So he had some really good feet and some body movement. He just didn't have some, some great speed. Had a conversation with Andy about, look, if you move to tackle, gain about 40 pounds move inside the tackle you really have a chance to play on Sunday Andy was very receptive to the idea he hit the weight room hard and two years later he was the number one pick of the Seattle Seahawks played 15 years in the league and now he's coaching uh, for Andy Reid but Andy Heck was just a great young guy who accepted the move and became a team captain. But he is an excellent football coach and so thrilled for him to win another Super Bowl uh, as the offensive line coach in Kansas City. 
But Danny, yeah, Andy start, he started out as the tight end, and then he ended up moving the tackle. Danny in New York City, ask Coach Pete his thoughts on Michigan hiring Wink Martindale as defensive coordinator who spent 20 years in the NFL. Seems odd an NFL guy coming to college when everybody seems to be leaving to go to the NFL. Well, Wink was Wink was in college for quite a long time. In fact, he was at Notre Dame for two years as a GA. Uh, known Wink. Now, remember, uh, Jesse Minner and Mike McDonald – uh, two previous coordinators for the Baltimore Ravens, they ran Wink's system. They were there with Wink. So I think it was a great hire by Sharon Moore to bring Wink because he's the guy that's really the, the architect of this Baltimore Raven defense over the last few years. And now in college, um, he will be a great fit at Michigan. Uh, and Wink... I'm going to tell you what now. This guy knows how to attack offenses. I thought it was a great hire for, for Michigan. Top water assassin in South Carolina. He's a Clemson fan, Pete. Said, I was in fifth grade when Clemson played Minnesota in that bowl game Pete was talking about. I could not believe we lost to a team called the Gophers. He said, I think that was Clemson's first bowl game after coming off probation. That was the Charlie Pell probation, right? I, I think I can't remember. Danny Ford was the head coach. Right. Uh, Tommy West, Rick Stockstill, uh, Woody, Woody McCorvey, Woody. Yeah, I hey, mean they had a really good hey, staff. Hey Pete, Pete, I believe Brother Oliver was on that staff. I believe you might have been. Yes. Yeah, and we played him in Shreveport. And um, <laughs> Bill, I'll tell you this: every day I would come back to the room. We'd walk in, and it was just uncanny. The phone had rang. My wife had answered, and she goes, Coach Holtz. Hello, Pete, Lou Holtz. Yes, sir. How'd practice go today? How'd practice? <laughs> he called every day, Bill, wanting to know how practice was going. But uh, Ricky Foggy played lights out that night, and um, it was a huge win for Minnesota. It was a, it was a great win for our, our program. Pete, I don't, we don't have time here, but I don't know – Maybe we have talked about this. I don't recall. What all went down with Ricky Foggy and the NCAA thing? Can you, when we come back, can you give us a condensed version of that? Sure. Yeah. Because there was a big, big controversy, if I recall. I mean, it was a national news, coach. I remember that. Yes, it was. Yes. Huge. By the way, where, where did you, where was he from, Ricky? South Carolina. Oh, okay. See, I don't remember yeah. that. I remember the player, but no, I don't. No, he was from South Carolina. Wow. Well, we'll get the um, – we got some other questions for you, too, but we'll get the condensed version of that story because I remember that vividly. Tom in Myrtle Beach, I agree it's blasphemy to move the Ohio State-Michigan game to the first game. TV media could care less about tradition there's a high possibility that they would play back-to-back yearly, so moving it to the first game of the season would create huge ratings and anticipation all season long. Boy, I I just – I mean, coach in this environment, God knows, but that would be shocking if that happened. Yeah, the other thing is, look, I think it's a great idea. I, I understand exactly the recommendation. I, I really do. It would be a blockbuster to start the season out. But I'm going to say this again. 
college football is at a disadvantage and always has been from high school in the NFL because they don't have preseason scrimmages, jamborees, or preseason games. So when you're, you better be ready out of the gate, game one, and that's why it takes some teams three, four weeks to get their personnel right. And now with the NIL, spring practice isn't enough to figure out where guys fit. So that's why some of these teams play what people call the cupcakes. It's basically the preseason that the NFL goes through to get the roster right. Ohio State, Michigan coming out of the gate, number one. Wow. It's going to be like Georgia Clemson next year. Ricky Foggy, Ricky Foggy store. And also, Tennessee's lost a few assistants too, Pete. We'll talk about that. There's a question here for that. More Coach Pete in this last segment. If you have any questions, get them in fast. Omni Nashville Hotel. It's really starting to crank up with more volume just in the last couple of minutes on 24 westbound as you come out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, up through the uh, Antioch area. It's busy, but it's moving on Vietnam Vets going westbound as you head towards Conference Drive uh, through Hendersonville as that traffic builds out in Wilson County, especially in the Mount Juliet area on 40 going west headed towards Nashville. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services right here in the uh, Middle Tennessee area. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. Check them out at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi. Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzi, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzi.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZI to learn more. 
Buyandtow.com. Get cash for junk cars. You have a vehicle that's become a problem? You can get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. They'll buy your vehicle no matter the condition, in your driveway, at your mechanic shop, or even on the side of the road. You can call them at 615-480-6473 or visit buyandtow.com. Get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. 615-480-6473. Buyandtow.com. That's buyandtow.com. The TSU men's basketball squad came through a challenging non-conference schedule with a winning record and now turned their attention to Ohio Valley Conference play. The Tigers kicked off a run of 18 league games over a nine-week period through February, leading the OVC Championship March 6th to the 9th at the Ford Center in Evansville. And part of that, nine league home games at the Gentry Center. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson and me on all the games this season right here on National Sports Radio. Bill King is the mother twelfth data point of college football. You are listening to the Bill King Show, the only college football radio show proven to make you smarter about college football. Coach Beach with us. Coach, give us the uh, condensed Ricky Foggy NCAA story. Ricky Ricky's grandmother was rushed to the hospital in South Carolina. Um, Ricky was raised by his grandmother. He needed to get home. Um, went, we, we had a, a lady responsible for travel within the building. So he was recommended go to the, see her, get a ticket and go. She said she needed payment. Ricky got a, a loan and he signed a, you know, like a, a note. I will repay this money. One of the coaches gave him the money to pay for it. He flew down. Grandma passed away. So he's down there. He comes back. And about two months after he's back, he repays the coach. NCA comes in and says, how is this ticket and it was the receipt said paid in cash. And that's what it was for. There was no emergency fund back then like there is now. I mean, right. Bill, we're in this business to help kids. I know. That's crazy. Wow. And you know what? I mean, the woman who raised them, and all of a sudden we can't get a kid home to see her before she passes. Right. Are you kidding me? That, 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 that's that's why, it, you know, there's a difference between flat out breaking the rules or trying to help somebody. Right. Pete, Tennessee, speaking of Michigan, lost Brian Jean Mary to Michigan. Apparently that was over a three-year contract that Tennessee wouldn't give him. And But, but so Wink Martindale's got a linebacker coach there. And Coach Brian Jean Marion. They also lost Jerry Mack, the running back coach, Tennessee. Yeah, Jerry went to the Jaguars. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell a guy not to go to the NFL now. No, you know, no with, doubt. As no much doubt. money as they're paying. But I, I tell you, Josh, Josh will have very capable guys on that staff to replace him. And, uh, look, I, I believe in Josh Heupel. Um, 
he's going to do a fine job in Knoxville of replacing those guys, and this staff will move forward. And um, I'm kind of anxious to see them, uh, the new guys, how they fit in in the spring with Nico and, and on defense. Do you, as a quarterback guru, quarterback coach, think Nico is generational when it comes to talent? Uh, you know what? I, I to be determined. Rarely, I very rarely say that a guy's generational after one game. And look, <clears throat> a lot of things are going to have to happen for this year. But let's get a bigger sample size. But he has all of the upside to be that. Um, why is Patrick Mahomes generational? Because all he does is win in the big game. Right. You know, it's when the bright, when the lights are the brightest and there's more pressure on, all Mahomes does is find a way to get it done. You know, that last play in the Super Bowl, the corn dog, that was not supposed to be thrown to the to the right flat. That was supposed to be an inside shovel, but Bosa closed on the back and Patrick kinda comes out, holds the ball and then keeps sliding right and they get a double double slant on the outside and it allowed the motion guy to get into the end zone. Mahomes finds a way. Nico I know in high school, but it's totally different when you get to this level, and especially in the SEC. Let's let him get through this season um, before we say generational, but he has the qualities to be generational, yes. Jim and Jupiter said, Florida State back then when you were visiting didn't go on probation for paying players, he says. Larry Jones was just too mean to the players, and he says he used to use chicken wire and drills to keep the players low. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, you know who the, you know who the guy was that ran that drill? <laughs> Bill Parcells. That's his line coach. Right. Right. They had a false ceiling. They had the chicken wire three feet off the ground. And here's the deal: you used to challenge guys wrestling, and if you lost, you had to stay in. If Parcells thought he was Buford Pusser, he'd walk around with a stick. <laughs> and, oh, that's a whole nother time. Bill, uh, Parcells was here in Nashville, too. That's where he came at, from. He came Vanderbilt. from Florida State to Vanderbilt. Yeah, they yeah. call him Big Purdy. Big Purdy. Billy Parcells. Billy Purdy. That was his name at Florida State. Big Purdy. And he's the one that ran the chicken wire drill. Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, man. That guy's exactly right. Whoever just said, that's exactly right. Uh, hey, Bill, the Sunday before signing day, it's come down to NC State or Florida State. I want to go to Florida State. My dad won't sign the scholarship. It's, a, it's been a long weekend. We go to church as a family. We come back, and my mother finally says, I've had enough. You two are settling this. I'm not putting up with this anymore. We're making a decision right here, right now. I'm tired of what, what's gone on the last week. About that time, the phone rings. My mother answers it. Her eyes get big. She hands me the phone. She goes, it's for you. I said, okay. Hello? Is this Pete? I said, yes. I said, hold on for Governor Rubin to ask you. Wow. <laughs> so my dad is looking at her. It's the governor of Florida. So all of a sudden, you know, a couple seconds go by, Pete. Yeah, Rubin asked you. Yes, sir. Um, look, 
Talk to the coaches at Florida State. We know in Pennsylvania it's a long way away. But your family can have the use of my plane to come to all the games. Wow. Man, I'm fired up. I hang up. My dad says, what did he say? I said, you and mom are coming to all the games on his plane. My father hits the table and goes, that's what I'm talking about. That's cheating. You can't do it. Pete, we'll see you next week. Appreciate right, it, man. Have a good weekend. Coach Pete Cordelli. He's going to get don't, – don't say you get cheated, Coach Pete. He's going to give it every last second. I love it. The angelic tones of Ole Miss Evie when we continue. 